Above the Rim hoodie, best NBA pod in the game. Welcome to Big Bit and K-Win. Each week we broadcast live on nofilter.net, Caffeine TV, and YouTube. Tonight we got a good one, fellas. We've got the man, the myth. Before I get into that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to get into. We're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors. We're going to talk about the Western Conference. Who's a contender? Who's a pretender? We're also going to talk about potential expansion expansion cities and teams. Welcome to this NBA edition. I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. He's just Blaze, and he might storm the court on Sunday if the Warriors beat the Celtics. <laughs> What's going on, Josh? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I appreciate the invite as always, man. You know, it's always a pleasure talking to you, fellas. I feel like, damn, we've known each other for some years now. We've been going back and forth on this. So it's always a pleasure when you guys invite me on. And um, yeah, let's get right into it, man. I might saw him the court, man. You know, I can get a little <laughs> crazy sometimes, man. But I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back, fellas. <laughs> All right. So we talk mostly West Coast and Western Conference. You're out east, so we want to hear your perspective on things. Some of these talking heads out there are just given the Boston Celtics this NBA title. So if you had a bag of Big Ben's money, would you put it on the Celtics to win it all, or would you take the field? Ooh. You know, I've actually never been asked that question so far this year in all my basketball conversations before, but you know what? I would have to throw it on the Celtics right now. I'm going to be honest. I really like what the Celtics got going on, fellas. They are a complete team. But then again, you know, I'm always a realist at times. They also do have holes on their roster that a lot of people are not talking about as well. So obviously, we know, they're a top-heavy team, probably the best starting five unit in the NBA from top to bottom, you know, offensively and defensively as a collective unit. And But to me, their bench is shaky, fellas. No one's really talking about it, right? Am I crazy? Like Sam Hauser, you know, uh, Peyton Pritchard. Uh, aging Al Horford, you know, he can be solid in spurts at times. And who else is off that bench? They just picked up Xavier Tillman from the Memphis Grizzlies. He's a solid pickup, actually. But it depends. If Joe Mazzula is going to go eight deep in a playoff, seven deep, and play these guys 40 minutes a night, I mean, they're probably going to break down by the East Finals, by the NBA Finals, like they did uh, two years ago when they were in the Finals. But if they do go that route, they got the best – maybe seven, eight in, the, in all of the NBA, top to bottom. But um, if I had to bet, I would bet the Celtics because I can't see a team right now beating them four times out of seven. But um, they can be beat like any other team, fellas. I'm just going to be honest. I keep it real. Man. The Celtics, they are a solid team, but they can be beat. How deep do you have to go, like, in the in the playoffs? Like, and I, and I say that because you're right. They have, do have the best starting five probably in the NBA, just just all around. The the narrative around the Celtics every year is they play defense, and they're tough, and they're gritty. Guys like Peyton Pritchard align with that, that narrative. I just don't know. I like what you said around the breakdown. Like Al, For, Al, For, Al Horford isn't aging. He is aged. Like he is done. <laughs> He is done, but they're out east. Like uh, I, I said this last week to Kyle, I'm like, you, you hit a bolt of lightning in the east, 
you might be in the NBA Finals. Like, there's not, there's just nothing really to crawl over in the in the East this year. And the Celtics, I don't know, they might. There's going to be if if they get home court advantage throughout. That's still one of the toughest places, if not the toughest places, to play yeah. out there. Home record That's, in the league too. Exactly. Um, so that might allow them to conserve some conserve some energy. Maybe they go to five, six game series, but they don't come in so as tired as they were. Or maybe they sweep. I don't know. I like the Celtics. This isn't a Celtics hat, but uh, I'm with your bet. I would I would put your, put that money on the Celtics. I'm taking the field, fellas. I do like the Celtics. I mean, right now, I think they pass the Pacers. They're the most efficient offense in the league. That defense is lights out. But what scares me is a couple things. It's Coach Missoula. Like, if anything, he's the potential biggest weakness on the team, like the X's nose and the matchups, because the regular season's one thing. They've had success in the regular season. But in the playoffs, when they're going against the Heat and Spolstra and the changes, and that's what scares me. And it's all about the matchup. The second thing is, is I love these guys to death, Tatum and Brown. But if you look back to when they played the Warriors in the finals, there's some games they didn't show up. They turned the ball over. They got just a little out of sorts. Maybe they've outgrown that. But in tight moments, I got to see them both step up. Well, let me add this. I will throw this one back at you. What if they don't have to face the Heat? Come on. There is a pathway to the finals without facing the Heat. Now, they – they would hope the Bucks face the face the now. Let me give you this. There are two teams, I think. Actually, hold on. Three teams, I think, in the Eastern Conference that are low-key on the lowest of keys are scared of the Miami Heat in the series still to this day. I think the Boston Celtics, yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks, yep. and the New York Knicks. Three teams that do not want to face the Miami Heat. In any series, those are three teams that I think want to avoid the Heat at all costs. But one of those three, maybe even two, are going to have to face the Heat one way or another. And we know the Heat in the playoffs, I don't care what happens in their regular season. In the playoffs, they know how to game plan for a team, as you alluded to. Uh, Eric Spoelstra, my opinion, number one, best coach in the league and in the entire NBA. He knows how to scheme and game plan for an opposing team. So... Those are the three teams in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, that do not want to face the Heat and want to avoid the Miami Heat at all costs. But they can beat them, don't get me wrong, but they don't want to have to play them, is what I'm saying. The Heat, I think, have won five straight going into the matchup right now against the Nuggets, and they got Scary Terry. Kevin Love is surprisingly playing well off the bench. Duncan Robinson, remember him like three years ago? He was a star. They signed him for that money. Then he got lost on the bench. Then he stepped up last year. He's actually playing really well. And then you got Jaime Hawkins Jr. from UCLA. I do like the Heat in the playoffs. But like I said before, it's all about matchups. Yeah. I like what you said about the coaching. Because I here's a here's an analogy I'll give you. You guys are familiar with horse racing, right? You walk around and you go, okay, that's the biggest, strongest horse. And it gets out to a big lead. But then towards the end, it's how do you navigate through all the other horses. And if you have a good jockey that knows what the team can do, the horse can do, generally wins versus the stronger horse. 
that contradicts everything I said about the Celtics, but uh, I thought I'd throw that out there. Hey, I like that analogy. And the horse I'm still riding, even though I have this Sonics hat on, is Steph Curry and the Warriors. So they were sputtering. I think if you look right now, they just passed the Lakers. They're in the ninth spot, and they're only three games out from potentially getting up to the sixth. And a lot of things have changed since we last spoke and since the beginning of this year. Clay Thompson's coming off the bench. Jonathan Kaminga has stepped up a little bit. I know you pay a lot of attention to the Warriors now because they got your boy CP3. So what could you tell me about the Warriors? Listen, man. I still like the Warriors team. I said it at the beginning of the year. A lot of people, you know, they clearly said I was crazy because, you know, they're like, Jeff, how are you rooting for the Warriors? But I didn't say I was rooting for them. I never said that. You know, I always root for a Chris Paul team to win, of course, because I just need my, I need to see my man get one title. But um, listen, I think right now the Warriors are actually slept on, and I don't know why. And I know people pay attention to the record too much. But you got to remember how this Warriors season has played out. They've had injuries the entire season, injuries, suspensions, adjustments all season long. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, I think, if I'm mistaken, I think he's top three or top five in lineup changes, starting lineup changes in this entire year. For a team like the Warriors who thrive on continuity, Changing, having consistent lineup changes like that, it really disrupts their rhythm, their flow, the unit. And then, honestly, some of the lineup changes had to be done because Clay Thompson, he we all know Clay Thompson is not the normal Clay Thompson of old this year. Even Steph Curry is not the Steph Curry of old this year. He's been turning the ball over a lot more than he normally has. And he's, you know, he's making a couple of bad decisions down the stretch, down the stretch at times because he is taking on a little bit too much at times, and he does need another ball handler. And also Draymond, he's been out, he's been suspended, he's been hurt, you know, whatever it is, there's always something going on there. And then <laughs> Steve Kerr really couldn't really zero in on a center all year. He's been trying different things with Looney. I think Looney, no one is talking about it, has made the biggest regression in the team as a whole. I don't, he's not a starting caliber center to me this year, and I don't think moving forward. I think he's a little bit too slow now to guard a lot of the centers, the new age centers in the league right now, especially in the Western Conference. So I think there's just been a lot of, you know, uh, come to Jesus moments right now for the for the Warriors this whole season. And because of that, it really uh, they really had a difficult time, I guess, adjusting to a lot of the adjustments that Steve Kerr was making. And I think because of that, we got off to a slow start. Then the Chris Paul injury, I actually think was, you know, not to be a homer, but I do think it was very crucial for the team yeah. because you see how the second unit actually flooded out of control when he did go out. And then Sarge became irrelevant. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis became irrelevant. A couple of guys, uh, GP2 has been out damn near the whole year also as well. So um, I think now that the team is becoming whole, I think you're going to see them make a really, really big, strong push uh, towards the end of the season. And I actually think they're going to get up to that sixth or seventh seed. I think they're probably going to be in a play-in. But I think they're going to get maybe probably the seventh seed and maybe face either OKC or Minnesota in that first round, which I think would be ideal for them. Ben, what do you think about the Warriors? 
it's tough to be consistent when you just you, the resources you have are so inconsistent like you said it's you know it's never been the same same five six seven eight rotation like it's not a rotation if everyone's different in the rotation at each night so to get continuity players familiar with it playing with each other you're right steph curry's just had to just give me the ball and i'll score or i'll try to score and clay they needed scoring on that second team so of course you're going to put clay out there give him some confidence back and then when when cp3 comes back you know Curry's going to have a reshuffle the deck probably again and look what works because they haven't found what works What's worked is just Steph Curry, and they need resources around him. And now that everyone's healthy or not suspended, Kerr has a little bit more. And he's Kerr's got a lot of money now too. <laughs> God, he got, he, he got he got paid like a a three and D guy, you know. But um, yeah, he's got he's got. I think they'll figure it out. I I don't know if it's. I think it's still the playing game as well. And there'll still be a tough out. I mean, anytime you got, if Clay can come back to a shooting a bold, which we'll see if he can, you kind of play into that, I think. It'll be a tough out. Steve Kerr, he's my guy, but he's a little too loyal for my liking. And I know the vets like him and the core like him, but I think he held on a little too long with both Clay and Looney. And that's why they struggled in the beginning of the year. I know it's a delicate situation, but Ben and I talked about it. Like the NBA has changed so much that you can't have Draymond and Looney both in the game because they don't stretch and they're not rim runners. And so like their offense was almost like a three on five. And we all saw that. I said it like five times, the Lakers series. When the Lakers beat the Warriors, they weren't even guarding Draymond and Looney. And then they had to eventually sub one of them out. And then this year, Draymond got hurt and they were dealing with the age. They just went through a lot of things and they had to adjust the roles. And Kaminga is finally starting and playing well. What people aren't realizing or mentioning, Andrew Wiggins came in out of shape and he just played awful. Like he's got into shape. And that's made the difference as well as J.K. And Draymond, love him or hate him, he is the general on defense and offense. And when he was out and everything else that we just said, it was not looking pretty for the Warriors. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I couldn't have said that any better. I absolutely agree with both of you guys. And um, Draymond actually wasn't given, given enough credit for how he actually kind of turned the season around when he did come back because he did come back with a better attitude, you know. Yeah. Um, I almost you know, think he needs to play with the chip on the shoulder. Like he needs something. Yeah. He needs yeah, to get suspended. Yeah. He needs to get kicked out of games. Yeah. He needs extra, a controversy. Motivation. Yeah, yeah. Extra motivation they gave him. I agree there. I agree there. He needs to be the villain on the court. Like yeah. you know, he 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 thrives off that, right? You see people booing him and all that stuff. He likes to get in. The, he's he's a psychological guy. Going, yeah. I'm not going to just sh physically shut this guy down, but I'll get in his head just enough so all he's thinking about is me. Takes him out of the game, and that's his role. And then around Steph, you, you brought that up. Like, he's the guy that's also – he's getting the team into the offense, but then also being asked to be the offense. And you can't be both roles. Like, they run almost a motion set consistently with him and in in him running off screens, getting him in the offense, running off screens. And then to your point, Kyle, when you have two players that aren't offensive threats, like you got almost like a box in one or a three on two where 
you know, you got two people doubling staff coming on either way of the screen. So he's just got to step out. Not a ton of options to score. No, and the court just gets yes. smaller and smaller, and it just gets exactly. crowded around Steph and even around Clay. And your boy CP3 has helped out Clay a lot in that second unit. Like I watched the second half of the Knicks game, they would have Trace Jackson on the pick and roll, dive to the rim. So if you collapse on the lob, Clay's open in the corner, and it's just a little thing about personnel that opens up the offense. Absolutely. You know you always have to account for a CP3 lob if he has any type of rim threat, rim running big. And then you got Clay on one end, you got Dario on the other end, who's been a pick-and-pop master when he's with CP3. He's been terrible without him, but with him, he's been great. And then whoever is that other guy, Pods has been the guy recently, or GP2. GP2 is a great uh, cutter as well and in pods you know he can hit an open jump shot so I, I i love that i love i like the i like the first unit i love the second unit for the golden state warriors and as long as they mix and match a little bit i think they'll be great so if i was another team i wouldn't want to play the warriors in a first round series because they got experience and they can game plan for anyone and they're versatile also as well so let's get into a little western conference edition of contender or pretender and now when i say this I'm talking about winning the Western Conference and getting to the finals. So I'll say a team, you'll say contender or pretender, we'll banter. First team up, Phoenix Suns. Me first? Let's go Ben, because KD's his uh, boy. KD <laughs> is my boy. Listen, I'd like to say this has kind of been a rope-a-dope type thing for the Suns this first call it two-thirds of this first half to two-thirds of the seasons they just haven't had all the pieces similar to, the, to what we're talking about with the Warriors just Buell hasn't been healthy Booker Durant I think Durant's kind of although he is the, still the scorer that he has been I think he's looked to Booker to play kind of the 1A role a lot throughout games <sighs> We talked about depth for the Celtics, but you got three elite scorers, like elite, elite scorers on a team. Is it though? Because Beal's never out there. I'm trying to talk. I see. I'm trying to project with Beal coming back, being healthy. Like, what does the team look like? Because we haven't seen what they really look like. So, uh, can I can I pass? Can I just then? Can you ask me again in Ending. like three weeks? Ending. All right. Ending. Ending. Yes. Yes. To be determined. To be determined. All right. We'll come back to you. Jess, what do you think? I'm going to go contender, but shaky. Okay. You know? <laughs> I do think they're a contender because I think they can beat any team in the West, but I also think also think any team in the West can beat them in a series. Like they could really go to the finals or really lose in round one because they could be the four or five matchup to play against the Clippers. And I'm not going to lie, I might pick the Clippers in that series. I might pick the Clippers in that series. <laughs> or if they're 3-6 and play against the Nuggets, they're six and the Nuggets are three. That's a tough series too. I mean, come on now, who are you, you going to choose in that series? It could go either way. So, And then it's because sometimes, you know, I think they don't make great decisions in the fourth quarter. And that's yeah. tough really to say with a Kevin Durant, Devin Booker-led team. But, you know, not to two of my guys, so on, I do think they miss CP3 a little bit. Only in the sense of that he's somebody that can set the table for them and to let them 
and for KD and Book, excuse me, to not have to work as hard for shots. Because right now they're doing a lot of isolation. It's a lot of your turn, my turn, because Bradley Beal is not out there. They do have shooters around them, but not another guy who can really stress the defense, you know, off the dribble also as well. So they can just hit in an occasional three, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon. You know, they could occasionally drop to the basket, but they're not a full-time, real-time threat, you know, and sometimes they have to put Okoge in there as well. So I think they're still, you know, missing that guy or that top-flight forward, power forward that can – play small ball five and uh and a four as well which they did pick up Thaddeus Young so hopefully yeah. he can play that role but we're gonna see how much Thaddeus Young has left he has a little bit of game you know he's, he's not washed he's not washed but against who is he gonna perform well in the playoffs you know what I mean because they got some bigs in the west that he's gonna have to deal with I'm going pretender and to your point they lose way too many fourth quarter leads and way too many games in the fourth quarter, and they're not really that good on the road. And I think it all comes down to chemistry. Like, I don't think they've played enough with Beal or, or together as a unit to really know what to do in crunch time. And Beal, I think he has more DMPs than 20-point games. Like, I don't think we can count on him at all. So I'm going to go pretender just because the West is too deep. Mm. Next up. We'll start with you, Jess Blaze. We're going to go Dallas Mavericks. Contender or pretender? Contender, fellow. Oh. I like Yo, 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 yo. This is the first time I've ever said this, but I really think the Mavs can do some real damage in the playoffs, man. I'm telling you right now, I am a big – everybody on Twitter knows this, too. I'm a big Daniel Gafford component. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Daniel Gafford guy. I think he was. I didn't even know who he was when they got him in the trade. And then I saw him play. And I was like, wait a minute. They got him for nothing. And he's like a big, big addition to their team. Dude, he was the perfect fit for them and a guy like Luca. He was great. He was really good for the Washington Wizards. Just a lot of people didn't know about him. I had him on my fantasy team for the last two years, so I knew what he was doing. <laughs> you know, he was always giving me a quick, you know, 10, 8, 3 block, you know, you know, give me something like that, something light. But, you know, he was hurt all the time. And he also was really good on the Chicago Bulls, but they gave up on him. And that's how he got to the Wizards. But he's been solid. The problem is he doesn't play enough or as much as he should. But with Luka, you know, in a, in a moderate role, you know, playing 20 to 25 minutes a night, he could protect the rim, and he could catch an alley. That's all you need from him. And set up screen. My bad, mm-hmm. three things. Set a screen, <laughs> catch a lob, block a shot. That's all I need. Actually, four. My bad. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> that. Run the floor. Run the floor. Baby. And five, win you a fantasy basketball championship. Because you know what? I got him again this year. <laughs> so there we go, man. I, but I love the pickup, and I think the Mavs are contenders, fellas. I love you, the Mavs, you're, too. You're two or three of of, of Luca and uh, Kyrie. Say it again? You're two or three with Luca and Kyrie. Or not, yeah, on the Mavs. It's year, it's year one and a half, right? Oh, yeah. It, one and yeah, I think it's one and a half. Technically year it? two, but like one and a yeah, half. Because he got well, Kyrie didn't play the full year because he got yeah. traded, right? Mid season, yeah. Right. So this is you could say year two fringe rotation. But I love the Mavericks too. Like they have size, 
they have depth. They've never had this much depth. Like you've got yeah. Lively, you've got Gafford, you've got PJ Washington. Tim Hardaway Jr. is going off the bench as well. And what I love the most about him is like you're telling me in a seven game series, crunch time, balls in Luca's hand, balls in Kyrie's hand, they're clutched down the stretch. Like yeah. they're hitting their free throws, they're getting the rack. And if those two can score 70, PJ Walker, even Keebler off the bench, I like the Mavs a lot. I'm going to go contender as well. I'm all aboard on the Mavs. Ben, you with I'll us? Jump on too. Yeah, just just reach out a hand and I'll I'll take it. Um, I agree with everything you guys said about the Mavs. The only disappointing part is Mike Cuban. Mark Cuban may not be a part of it because he sold his franchise six, but maybe that was the key. No more Cuban. There's a championship. Oh, man. All right, so the next edition of the contender and pretender is not NBA champion. It's will they get out of the first round? And your first team is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, will they get out of the first round? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening, fellas. I don't care who they play. They're not beating any of those top four teams ahead of them, and I don't see them getting a top four seed. So I'm going to just make it short. They're absolutely not. I don't even think they – will make it to the playoffs, actually. I actually Ooh. think they're going to get bumped out because either the Warriors or the Lakers will be in, maybe even both. But I think the Lakers and the Pelicans are going to be battling for that eighth spot. And, and I don't think the Sacramento Kings are going to be in. I think they're going to just miss it because of the plan. I like that hot take. So I was watching the Kings on Tuesday and against the Heat. I haven't seen them play a lot. Um, but what I did see is them lose to a Miami Heat team without Jimmy Butler, Scary Terry, Tyler Hero, and they could not stop him. Kevin Love looked like the 2011 Minnesota Timberwolves. Kevin Love. Jaime Hawkins got busy. They couldn't stop Bam. And if they're going to play the Nuggets or even Minnesota or even the Lakers, a motivated AD, I just – I don't think they have the defense. They've got the offense, but I don't think they can do enough to win in the first round. It's going to be difficult. If you subscribe to any tinfoil hat theory, the Kings will not see the playoffs either. Like that's um, that said, the team. I'll agree with you guys here too. Like it's just, I, I actually did watch the bonus play, and he's become. I don't know if he's peaked. But I saw him smash on um, Zubat the other night. And he's I think he's trying to take his game to the next level and will them to be a better team than they are. But I think they're like I think they peaked last year. And I think they're gonna remain where they are this year. And I bet you, yeah, a few teams pass them up before they even get in the play on. All right. I think I know the answer, but New Orleans Pelicans, will they get out of the first round? No, <laughs> no, they will not. I do think they will get someone a scare, though. I do think if they play, actually, the Minnesota Timberwolves is going to be a six or maybe probably seven game series. But I think home court advantage might win out on that one because the Pelicans, I just can't trust their health, man. Yeah. You know, I, I want to like them. I want to like them. They have a really good team. You know, they 
have been through some adversity. They've been in the playoffs before, so this won't be new for them. But I just don't know if they're hungry enough as a unit. You know what I mean? They're a good team, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're hungry enough. And you have to really have that hunger to win the playoffs. Or you have to have lost the year prior or maybe two years before to really have gone through that adversity as a team to come back into the playoffs ready to go. And which that's what basically builds that hunger. So I do I don't know what to make of the Pelicans as of yet, and I don't know how healthy they will be going into the postseason. So I'm going to go no. They won't get out the first round. Here's my hot take on the Pelicans. This year's Pelicans are last year's Sacramento Kings. The Pelicans will get to like the four or five seed. They got great offense. They're a great story. See ya, first round. Yeah, yeah I can see it, depending on who they match up with, too. I like what you said, just plays about there's not enough dogs on the team or, or guys hungry enough. I look at Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ, and CJ was always 1B in Portland to, to Dame. There's never been – I mean, there's not a dominant guy on that, or at least one that you can trust uh, between those three. I think Brandon Ingram's a very passive player. Like, he's good, flashes, but he's not consistent enough that you can depend on in a seven-game series, six-game series to carry you throughout that. Yeah, New Orleans is back on Bourbon Street after after a few games. Yeah. All right, you want to get into expansion cities, Ben? I do, I do. Okay, I like how you have the hat on, K-Win. Seattle Supersonics, it's been said that Seattle, if there is expansion teams and they go to 32 cities, that Seattle and Las Vegas are in line to pick up the two franchises. That said, give me... One to two cities. You are the mayor of this city. You want the team to come. Give me one to two cities that you look at either deserve or the NBA would fit well in. I mean, I'm going to go. I'm going Vancouver. Give me another team in Canada. It's a beautiful city. The Canadians love sports. They can be on the Western Conference. They can bring back big country, and he could sing the national anthem as they bring the franchise back. I want Vancouver. Okay, I like that. I'm not mad at that. Who's next? Go ahead. Just play. Oh. Yeah. This one was tough because I would, I would ultimately say Vegas or Seattle, of course. I think are the two obvious choices, and I think those are the two that's going to be it, but – I was thinking, what about Baltimore? Maybe. Baltimore. I mean, it's, I mean, I know it's close to DC, but they're moving, right? I believe. I think they're moving that arena. The owner signed a deal. I forgot who it was to actually move the arena out of DC. I think to Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. But I was thinking maybe Baltimore. You know, it's a great sports town. You know, they've never had an NBA team there. You know. They've always had a successful football team there, so we know that they do have a sports fan base there that would actually go to the arenas. Um, I think it would liven up the city a little bit. You know, they need yeah. some liven over there. You know, they need something uh, better over there. So I think I think Baltimore would be a solid city. If I had to pick one other than Vegas and Seattle, I think I'm going to go with Baltimore. I'm going to throw another point. one out there, St. Louis. Oh, okay. Great baseball, great hockey, great football, great fans. And then they'll have that rivalry with the Bulls. 
I like that. I like that. I was think I think Texas Texas can take four teams, and this is why I say. <laughs> oh wow, oh, man! So, so so listen, I, I heard Mark Cuban talk around why he actually sold his majority stake, and he just thinks the value of NBA teams has won't won't continue in a linear fashion as they have. He said the thing you have to do is build like you have to build an experience around an arena, casino, shopping, restaurants all that. So where can you do that? Where you're probably not going to get much guff from anyone. Let's go to Austin. There's money. There's literally, you're the only thing in town. You have no baseball team, no football team. And you got a lot of money and tech coming in. And then you just got rivalries all over the place. Yeah. Everyone else in Texas hates you. There you go. You're the Draymond of, of new franchises. Hopefully they have the room. For that, I I don't know too much about it too much about it over there, but that's that's not bad though. It's not bad though. Uh, the reason I brought this topic up is just I'm excited for NBA basketball to get back to Seattle in the event it comes. Like I, you guys are both in NBA cities. Like there's this lull that we hit after the NFL season where we don't have much going on. We got a hockey team, but. There's like hockey fans and then everyone else, not hockey fans. So to have an NBA city, uh, NBA team again, and then to have Vegas in that division for away games. That, I feel like they're leaning towards Vegas anyway, but all the events that they have there, the yeah. summer league, you know, now the in-season tournament is in Vegas. They see how, the, how successful the Super Bowl was being over there in Vegas. Vegas is hot right now. They got the Sear over there, so... I think Vegas, I feel like it's going to have to be two Vegas and Seattle, but then they got to figure out the, the, the conferences because if they're going to put both those in the West Coast, somebody has to maybe move over to the East, you know, to balance it out a little bit. So I feel like they're going to have to figure that out in some way. If you're Dallas, do you raise your hand and say, we'll go to the East tomorrow? Oh, I think. <laughs> I was thinking I'm, okay, let's take no, that. Take two teams know, to the West. That Who? Memphis. I think mm, Memphis yeah. is the team that's going to do it. Yeah. And Memphis in the East? Yeah. Get them out of here. The Warriors can't beat Memphis. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Ja in the East? Oh, they forget about it. Team. When That's you all I had. Present your expansion to Adam Silver. I want to be there. I want to present the Premier League soccer regulation stipulation. No more tanking. If you are the Wiz and you're the Pistons, and you're not winning, you get demoted to the G League and you bring up the Santa Cruz banana stugs and the, I don't know, Fort Wayne or Birmingham squadron. I'm tired of these teams. Like Charlotte, what, what, what is Charlotte doing? PJ Washington just said, hey, we're on a four game winning streak. This is the longest winning streak in my career. Right. <laughs> so you're looking for relegation. It's never going to happen, but I'm just tired of these happen. teams and these franchises not doing Like, look look at Washington. Gafford, big component for the math. Przingis, game changer for the Celtics. Like, they do have the pieces. I just don't know if they have the infrastructure or the – maybe it's the owner's fault. I don't think the owner is putting together the right foundation to win. 
yeah, who do you place blame on? So if you're if you look at those those let's call it six right now, Memphis, Portland. I'll let's take a Memphis out of there, but Portland, maybe even San Antonio, Portland, Detroit, Charlotte, and Washington. Where does that blame go? I love Detroit's. I like Detroit's youth, and they have Monty Williams. I think they had to break it down before they build it up. But I don't know what's going on in Washington. Yeah, they're they're moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, and Jordan Poole is now on the coming off the bench. I don't know. I don't know about the Wiz. They're gonna get. They're gonna get regulated. All right, let's get out of here, huh? All right, Jess Blaze, before uh, we leave, you want to tell our listeners where they can listen to you, find your content, follow you online? Uh, Sure, man. You can follow me anywhere. Type in Above the Rim NBA Podcast on YouTube, Twitter, anywhere on Twitter uh, or X, whatever they want to call it now. (laughs) Whatever the kiddos want to call it now, it's – at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. Fellas, I appreciate the invite as always. You know, K-Win, Big Ben, Kyle and Ben. You know, the fellas, I appreciate you guys. You know, always invite me on your show. Definitely going to get you on my show as well. I, right when I get back to it, you know, I've been on a little bit of a break. But I'm coming back very, very soon. And I'm coming back with a vengeance. So I appreciate you guys for the invite as always. You know, it's much love on this side. And thanks again, fellas. It was a Thank you. As always. We had a blast, and uh, we got to get you back on to see if your Celtics will win it come this summer. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, make sure you check us out every week, nofilter.net, Caffeine TV, YouTube. If you're more of an audio podcast person, download, listen, subscribe, five-star, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on show, social media, at BigBenKWin underscore, at BigBenKWin underscore, X. TikTok, threads, IG, we're everywhere. We're out. Um, see you folks.